Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man Ghost here with me and we are looking at the 825 Tuesday NBA DFS slate. Ghost, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, Michael. I'm uh, I'm happy to be back after a week off, that's for sure. So it's uh, it's nice to be back here with you. A well-deserved week off, but I'm excited to have you back again. There's no one like my good man, Ghost, here. And we have an interesting slate, right? So it's uh, we've been having, obviously, we had all these bubble games. So we had about five or six games a day. Then we went to this first round, and it was you know routinely four games a day, which I absolutely loved. It was so much fun. Game starting at 1.30, ending at 11.30. You pretty much just get 10 hours of basketball all day, and it was great. But some of these series are over. Um I'm okay with the Sixers being out because they looked like garbage. I've, we already saw Brett Brown has been fired. Fortunate or unfortunately, I don't know. Depends on where you like to stand on that one. But we also had the your Toronto Raptors eliminating the Brooklyn Nets here. So hopefully we get a better showing from the Nets next year when they have, you know, their team. But other than that, man, I'm excited. We still have a couple games for tomorrow. We have the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. That over-under right now is at 220 and a half. A little bit of that juice is towards the over, and the Nug- or the Jazz are favored by three points. So this series started with the Nuggets being maybe not heavily favored, but favored nonetheless, and it has swung all the way back around. We watched something historic. I don't know if you watched it the other night, but I was loving it. Donovan Mitchell jamal murray both score 50 points first time that's ever happened in an nba playoff game where opposing players score 50 points spidey mitchell is the third player all time to score 50 points in two separate games in a series so these dudes are balling out and i'm having so much fun so i'm excited let's bring this up now to look at what we're we got for the night we also just want to go over the most exciting series so far we have luka Doncic essentially by himself against the clippers clippers are favored by six and a half and that over under there is 235 a little bit of the juice towards the over so more people think the over is coming but how much fun have you been having watching these two series specifically so far watching Luka Doncic out there is uh is is just pure entertainment I mean to uh I, I think I watched his step back three to uh to win that game maybe at, at least 20 or 30 oh, times yeah. since he's done it so uh to, to to see that live, I mean, it, it it'd be nice to to be able to to actually be in Orlando to to see something like that. But uh, safe to say, I was uh, I jumped off my couch when uh, when I saw him pull something like that. Oh goodness! I was eating dinner. I stood up, started screaming. My fiance was very confused. I was like, "Did you not just see that? The dude dropped forty double digit rebound, triple double, just an animal on a bum leg." So. I guess let's start there, right? Like we can go game by game, but let's just start there, man. I mean, are we just locking in Luca in all these lineups at this point? Obviously, we understand the ankle is a little bit of a concern, but I mean, after that performance, you have to assume he's going to be balling out again, correct? Uh, yeah, I uh, I agree. It's um, it's hard not to go uh, nearly a hundred percent Luca on a slate like this. I mean, two game slates are uh, are tricky enough as it is, uh, needless to say, but. Um, when when you're looking at the stars uh, that are close to the top, I mean, you have pretty much Luca and Kawhi uh, virtually on a tier on their own, with no disrespect to what uh, Donovan Mitchell is pulling out in these playoffs. And uh, Nikola Jokic is is out there doing his thing. If he was allowed to play 48 minutes, I'm pretty sure he would. And of course, we mentioned Jamal Murray, right? But um, starts right at the top there with with Luca, and it, it's very hard not to uh, virtually lock him into every single lineup, but 
uh, as much as it pains me to say, I will have maybe uh, maybe a couple in uh, in some multi-entry uh, fields where I, I do end up fading Luca. Um, not necessarily for a pure balance build where I'm grabbing a bunch of six to seven K guys, but uh, more so where I'm kind of pivoting towards uh, Kawhi or Donovan Mitchell and uh, and company there because I feel like they'll probably come in at uh, maybe a third or or maybe even a half of the ownership that Luca is on this two game slate. It's hard to fault people though. I mean, if you do play a hundred percent Luca again, if you're if you're smashing twenty lineups, you kind of have to play one or two without him, but. Just one or two, man. As we've seen, he he's smashing value. He's doing everything that he possibly can. But you also, we also have Kawhi, who's been absolutely fantastic. We have Donovan Mitchell, who's been fantastic. And it's really hard to fit all three of those dudes on the same lineup, unless we're digging real deep into that value bin. But I, I still think, man, like he has been so much fun to watch just from a pure basketball standpoint. But it has been an absolute blast. And let's let's stick with that game. Obviously, we know what Kawhi has been doing. It's been absolutely fantastic. But Paul George, man, like playoff P. And now we're all starting <laughs> to hear. I, I heard a couple of playoff PPs. Uh, I heard some yeah. pandemic P's, like uh, lowercase P. Like there's so many poor nicknames that this guy is getting now. I mean, I have to assume his ownership is going to be crazy low because he has been absolutely useless. Do, do you think he finally turns it around or do you think this is a trend that we're going to be seeing for a little while? Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm fine with fading Paul George on a two game slate like this. I mean, uh, if if, it, if we still had our uh, our four game slate where he was sitting at 8200, I mean, even then I I wouldn't I, I would have barely any interest if any at all. But um, on on a two game slate like this where it I, I don't know if it's his shoulders that are bothering him. I mean, after how many months off do they have? Maybe three or four with uh, with the pandemic that took over. I mean. You would think after three to four months that he would be fine, but I, I don't know if it's that that's bothering him. If he's just, if there's something else that uh, that hasn't gone out to the media yet, but I, I find that hard to believe. Um, he's there uh, at, at virtually every press conference with uh, with a pound of ice, or who who knows what else they have on there that's uh, that are icing his shoulders and stuff like that. And rumors are that uh, he's being taped up a lot and stuff like that. So. I'm 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 not going to be playing much Paul George if at uh, if at any at all honestly like this. Yeah, it's I mean, did I heard this? I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast. Did Kawhi Leonard take a step down um, going from Pascal Siakam to Paul George? <laughs> now you don't have to answer because I think I know where your bias lies. But let's be honest, man, Pascal Siakam's absolutely fantastic and has been this entire time. Obviously, we know what Paul George has done. I'm confident he'll get out of it. But if he is injured, it's a good question to ask. It's a good question to ask, Ghost. It's not. It, it, it's not something that uh, that you would have thought a couple months right. ago would you be having a conversation of, uh, of of Paul George versus Pascal Siakam. And like you said, I'm uh, I'm a little bit biased, so I'll kind of deviate from the question a little bit there. But uh, it, it it's just been tough to see him. I mean, uh, over the past couple of games, uh, I think he shot like just under twenty nine percent from the field, and uh, he can't seem to hit a shot from deep. But even his free throw percentage has been uh, has been trending downward and. He's just not somebody that I have of, of any interest in this range. I mean, seeing a guy like Jamal Murray that's there $200 uh, less than he is, to me, it's uh, I, I, I find it very hard to have an argument to play Paul George other than the fact that he's going to be virtually unowned. Yeah, I think that's the only thing. If Again, if you're, you're making a million different lineups, you, you have to put him in a couple just in case. But I agree with you. He's going to be very, very low owned. Let's just stick with this Dallas Clippers game for a couple more seconds. Kristaps Porzingis, um, 
I know our good pal and uh, an owner, Jason Mizrahi, was not super happy about the KP news. But what did he did he burn you at all this uh, this past? Guess week? who? Guess who told Jay to to play Porzingis on that? Guess who's uh, getting fired so. soon? Yeah, but uh, needless to say, I had a ton of Porzingis, and uh, the guys were asking me questions in Discord, and I said, "Hey, if I don't answer, it's because." Uh, because I went for a run to blow some steam off because I had so much Kristaps Porzingis and lock at that game was 3.30, but tip-off was only at 4 Eastern time. And this is exactly why all of us keep saying, please move lock closer to tip time uh, in, in, in a situation like this where bubble games don't exactly start right on time. And uh, I remember seeing that message at roughly, I, I think it was like 10 to 4, so like maybe 345, 350, Ooh. it was 15 to 20 minutes after lock. And I see Kristaps Przingis as a late scratch. And I, I I was just shaking my head and I was like, you know what, it's uh, it's time to get out of the house and just, yeah. uh, just blow this one off because uh, that one made me extremely frustrated. Toss that one up to the DFS yeah. guy. But how, yeah. how do you feel about the rest of this game? Is KP a guy you're going to go back to now that he obviously had three consecutive days <laughs> off? He's had three consecutive days off and we've seen what man. he's done. Like, are you going back to that well? Oof, I don't know, man. I, how are you going to do this to me? Um, I mean, look, he's uh, he, he's a guy that's that, that, that could definitely dominate in a matchup like this. Um, neither Zubak or Harrell really feel all that comfortable getting out to the three-point line in order to guard him. And with, uh, with Paul George, uh, maybe he won't even be able to raise his arms given how, uh, how bad his shoulders look out there. But um, again, uh, he, he's a guy that, that, that gets out to the three point line. He could, he, he's virtually unguardable at, at least against this Clippers team because they don't really have anybody to match up against his height and, and his wingspan. So I, I would feel comfortable locking him in if we get news maybe way before lock, but again, this is the 9 PM game. So, um, it, it, it it's tough A two game slate. If you're playing cash, I would advise not to. Uh, considering that there's pretty much nobody to really pivot to uh, in that spot. I mean, other than the fact if you have $900 left over and you're not playing Kawhi, then, and, and you have the luxury of pivoting from KP to Kawhi. But if you're playing KP over Kawhi in the first place, I feel like uh, that would be the wrong decision on a two-game slate. So mm-hmm. right now, again, it, it, it's similar to Paul George, but I, I wouldn't stoop that low where I'm, I'm not having any interest at all. But KP's main uh, main attraction here is that he's probably going to come in under-owned mainly because of what he did to the industry last game and primarily because in that range, again, uh, with Kawhi only $900 more and then Jamal Murray being $1,100 less um, with his whole injury situation, I feel like KP might not be drawing as much ownership as, as he would be if we got that message at, say, 9 a.m. saying he will for sure play, you have our word. You have our word because we know yeah. how far that goes in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. um, in, in terms of some value from this game, I mean, we've seen Seth Curry ball out. We've seen Trey Burke do his thing. Maxi Kleba has hit some shots. Boban, your boy Boban, has been <laughs> fantastic in certain situations. I mean, I feel like there's some pretty great low, uh, like um, some value opportunities. Who are some of your favorite from this game? Um, you, you you definitely named a couple of them. I mean, both Seth Curry and and Trey Burke have a lot of appeal on a slate like this. I mean, again, if if we were back to these four game slates where we would have the Boston matchup and the Toronto matchup on there, I would say, you know what, maybe maybe there are some other pieces on there. Like I know Norman Powell's price was constantly floating around that of Seth Curry, and we've been talking about about that in Discord. And luckily, uh, 
he went off last game. So that uh, that definitely paid off for uh, for the Win Daily family. But on a two game slate, there's there there's a lot of guys that stick out here, and I, I I'd be comfortable mixing and matching guys like Seth Curry, um, guys like Trey Burke. Um, not only can they score, but they do get enough minutes in order to see that value pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a guy like Boban, where when he's out there, he's a fantasy point per minute machine. But again, if he's seeing nine to 10 minutes out there on the floor, mm-hmm. he's not exactly somebody that I have too, too much interest in. But um, yeah, Seth Curry, Trey Burke, uh, Ivaka Zubak is again, way too cheap. I mean, it, it, it seems like both DraftKings and Fandel refuse to raise his price and for a starting center that consistently gets at least 20 minutes. Um, he, he's somebody that I'm comfortable playing, especially if you're struggling to find somebody in that center slot where you're not going with Porzingis. Maybe it's because he burned you like, like he burned both Jason and I last time, or maybe it's just because you prefer other studs, no matter what your reason is. Um, a guy like Zubak is, is a great play, especially in that center slot over on DraftKings. Um, Maxi Kleba, again, as long as the minutes are there, I'm comfortable with it, but if you have the, the the lineup construction where you're going under the game theory that uh, Przingis will play, that kind of takes me off a guy like Maxi Kleba. But mm. again, honestly, like this, anything goes. And then uh, my other two options would be uh, below the 4K range, actually, to be able to guy, get a guy like Reggie Jackson and Landry Shamet. I mean, both guys see a decent amount of minutes. Uh, Reggie Jackson's have been a little bit more volatile than I would like. But again, uh, for a guy that is pretty much intertwining with Lou Will out there. Um, you, you you could kind of make a game uh, lineup where the game script is like, hey, you know what? Maybe the uh, Mavericks actually run away with this one. Maybe uh, who who knows? You're you're taking a chance on fitting Lou Will because hey, uh, knock on wood, he doesn't get injured there. You never want to wish that upon a player. But let's say I'm fitting Lou Will because I'm taking a chance that he's getting injured or maybe he just doesn't play a lot of minutes. Let me go with a guy like Reggie Jackson. I'm all for that and. Uh, both him and Landry Shamet can uh, can nail some shots from deep. So both of them make for some good plays under that 4K range. It is. It, it's, it's been such a fun series, man, and I don't want it to end. I want this to go seven, and I want Kawhi and Luka to just duel it out in that fourth <laughs> quarter of that seventh game, man. That would be so much fun. But Lou Williams showed out last game, too. He scored over 30 real points, so he he did his thing. So I, I, I'm excited to see the rest of this series. Let's hop over to the Utah-Denver series. As I said, it is now Utah's to lose. I mean, they're up 3-1. to one. They are favored in this upcoming game. We've seen what Donovan Mitchell and what... Um, Jamal Murray have done last game, both scoring 50 points. First time that's ever happened. I think it was the first time two opposing players scored 40 points against each other in a game. And then they both were just like, well, let's just take it to the next level. And they both score over 50, which was absolutely incredible. Now, Jamal Murray's was that three at the buzzer when they already lost, but I'll, dude, I'll still take it. I don't care. Um, In that case, I mean, out those two guys, Obviously, again, Jamal Murray's price, very weird. Donovan Mitchell's price, a little bit more in line with what he's been showing. How do you feel about the top half of these these players here and, and some more of these studs? Uh, probably, in, uh, I mean, again, if, if you're running 150 lineups, maybe even 20, I would I would definitely have exposure to all of them. But uh, for, for your single entry builds or if, if you're running a couple lines and a three max, even, even at that point, I would have at least one Donovan Mitchell. But uh, my, my guy at this top range would be Jamal Murray. Um, and in order for Mitchell to hit that, that plateau again, you're, you're going to pretty much need him to hit 50 plus actual points, not, not DraftKings points, but you're going to need him to drop 50. And uh, going into a DFS slate where you're like, hey, I need my guy to drop 50 in order for him to 
uh, at, at least come close to his value. That's that the, I don't want to say it's a recipe for disaster, but it's definitely not something that's uh, that's wishful thinking, right? So, um, I mean, Donovan Mitchell can have a great game where he ends up dropping uh, 35 and 5, which is much more aligned with, with what he usually does. And even at that, he might hit five times his price. And if you're paying 10K for a guy, especially with Kawhi that's there for only $300 more, I'm not too comfortable paying 9700 for a guy like Donovan Mitchell outside of 150 max tournaments. And again, if you're running three maxes and stuff like that, I would definitely have at least one. Uh, who's to say that he dropped 50 last game? Who's to say he doesn't drop 60 this time? I mean, right. uh, the guy, the guy's been lights out uh, in the bubble and especially in the playoffs. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for having some uh, some Donovan Mitchell. Um, Jokic is a guy that uh, the offense virtually runs around him and Jamal Murray, and especially their their pick and roll offense. And uh, he's a guy that can hit a shot from deep. Uh, he's he's really good around the rim on both the offensive and defensive glass. So. Um, he'll, he'll get you points in, in virtually every facet of the game. And especially if you're not going with Zubak at center, again, that the, the center position on DraftKings, uh, honestly, like this is very, very tough. So I feel like if we had other targets at that center position, then Jokic would, uh, Jokic's ownership would be slightly lower, uh, compared to that of Luca and, uh, and Kawhi. But again, with, with how tough that, that, that coveted center position is, uh, on on both DraftKings and FanDuel, look for Jokic to really pull some ownership, and that's something that I'm not afraid of fading, uh, especially in those large field tournaments. Jamal Murray is my guy here. Um, he's a guy that I I expect to come out uh, slinging early and often. Uh, he's going to want to get his shot dropping uh, it, it really early into the game. Uh, look for him to be pulling up from deep, the mid range, everything, getting uh, Jokic involved in the offense uh, as well as other teammates. And sitting there at 8K, it's a uh, it's an absolute no-brainer for me to to pull Jamal Murray. Uh, he 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 really separates from the pack here. It is it's just very confusing to me. I don't know who's drunk over at DraftKings, but we appreciate <laughs> it and we appreciate it. So, in terms of some value plays in this game, because there are some. I mean, we're looking at Jordan Clarkson. We know how many shots that dude takes. Uh, I mean, Royce O'Neal is one of Jason's favorites. He brings him up all the time. So, who are you looking at? Even Mike Connolly. I know sixty-seven hundred is not really value, but he was lights out last game as well. So, who are you looking at in terms of the? Uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Yaz for this game. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't be a good coworker, let alone a good friend to Jason, if I didn't mention Royce O'Neal. I mean, uh, he, he knows I'm high on him too. And um, sitting there at 4,500 again, is, is he a guy that's going to break the slate and get you, uh, get, get you 60 plus points? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, un, un, unless he's the one man in the rotation playing uh, against some, uh, some younger kids or something, I, I don't ever see him dropping 60 DraftKings points, but Sitting at 4,500, we are going to have to, to find some value. And he's a guy that definitely brings it. I mean, uh, if, if he's active on the glass on, on on both the offensive and defensive end, and you know what, he he, he can score a couple points, especially in transition. Royce O'Neal is a guy that I, I will definitely have uh, some shares uh, in both single entry contests, three maxes, uh, 150 max large field tournaments, no matter what your contest is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would definitely feel comfortable with my Royce O'Neal exposure. Um, at the same time, you mentioned Jordan Clarkson, and I, I find it really interesting because with Mike Conley back into the rotation, people kind of came off of Jordan Clarkson, but nonetheless, he's still that that sixth man off the bench for them. And no matter what, he's a guy that's going to be involved in the offense. He's not out there to uh, run to the corner and do nothing. He's a guy that's going to have the ball in his hands virtually all the time. 
And if he doesn't, it's because Mitchell has it and they're, they're constantly feeding off of each other. Right. So um, look, look for Jordan Clarkson to kind of get involved early on here. And again, if, if you're making a lineup construction tomorrow based on game theory, which is something that uh, would, would definitely be a good idea on a two game slate, because that way your plays all have correlation and your lineup ends up kind of tying together. If you if you're making a lineup based on like, hey, I don't want Donovan Mitchell because I think Utah ends up pulling away from this one. So uh, and and you know what, Mike Conley isn't getting any younger. Let me get some Jordan Clarkson shares. Then that would be the perfect game script for for a guy like Jordan Clarkson. I mean, if they end up seeing where they go into the fourth, where they're up by ten, they're up by fifteen, something like that. Even though a ten point lead uh, against a team like let's say Golden State, where that can be erased in in the matter of seconds. Uh, you, you never know what Utah is going to think. So I'm, I'm all for playing a guy like Jordan Clarkson, especially if you're fading Donovan Mitchell and or Mike Conley. Um, other than that, the Denver side doesn't really have too much appeal to me here. Um, guys like Monte Morris and, and Jeremy Grant and even Michael Porter Jr., I, I don't really consider him a value sitting there at 5,700, but we could include him in the conversation as well. Um, I, I don't expect them to get a lot of touches down the stretch and that's really what you're looking for in games like this you have utah up 3-1 you know that denver uh, mike Malone's gonna run his starters into the ground and uh if if, if i got like we take michael porter jr for example if his shot is not dropping early and often it would not surprise me to see him sit at the end of the bench jeremy grant's gonna come in and that's it so a guy like that doesn't really appeal to me i mean again in those 150 uh multi-entry tournaments why not take a couple shots on virtually everybody on this slate but uh, in my main lineup, I will not have any Michael Porter Jr., that's for sure. Look for Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic to really take over this game and try and get one back for them. I want I want to see that because I want to see this. This one goes 7-2. Give me all <laughs> the game sevens, man. I'm all for it. We had the Thunder Rockets. Now it's tied 2-2, so that's going to be fun. It's It's been an absolute blast, but it's that Clippers-Mavs game. So we have to give it to the people, the three stars of the night. I think this one's going to be pretty easy. I've taken Luka, I think, the last, like, Four times I've done this. I'm just going to ride him into the ground as Mike Malone does. I'm going to have to go with the assumption that you're probably on Jamal Murray a little bit. Yeah, Is that I okay? wouldn't. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't be a good Canadian if I didn't take my fellow, uh, my fellow Canadian there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with Jamal Murray sitting there at 8K. It's uh, it's a virtual lock for me on uh, on a lot of my lineups. All right, then uh, who's our value play, man? Where where are we going to find a little bit of savings so that we can have Jamal Murray and Luca in the same lineup just to cash it home? I mean, again, we we touched on a lot of them. Uh, we mentioned Trey Burke. We mentioned uh, Shamet, Reggie Jackson, Royce O'Neal, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Seth Curry, uh, Ivaka Zubak, all these guys. But uh, I'm not going to go too, too low here. I mean, because there are so many options to the point where mm-hmm. I would pretty much say mix and match a lot of them. But uh, in the mid-range, I, I would like to recommend Lou Williams as our third play of the day. Um, he's a guy that's uh, going to be involved in that offense as much as possible. And with the Clippers probably feeling like they should have won that uh, that game four, this is a, uh, a very important game five for them in a situation like this. And I'm expecting big things from Lou Will here. Doc Rivers trusts him a lot. Uh, he, he's going to be getting all the crunch time minutes. I'm expecting big things from Lou Will at that, uh, at that price tag. I love it. Luca, Lou Will, Jamal Murray, fellow Canadian to our good friend, Nick Ghost. Uh, Nick, man, this is absolutely fantastic. Ghost, we appreciate the heck out of you. Where can everyone find you on the internet? At DFS underscore Ghost over on Twitter. And of course, with the Wind Daily family in Discord, make sure you guys come and join us. 
make sure you come and join us. WindailySports.com backslash learn daily. You get everything on the site for free, and that includes getting to talk to Ghost whenever the heck you want in our expert chat. But you also get his projection model, which has been absolutely crushing it. You get all his articles, which have been absolutely crushing, as you've seen. I mean, it's been pretty good. We have our good friend Mitchell. He took home, I think, 6500 bucks this weekend, so shout absolutely. out to him. So we appreciate the hell out of Mitchell and what he's doing, of course. Adam, as well, is on the uh, the team over here. We got David Stowe. There's, it's it's a fantastic team, a lot of good people. You get access to all of them, all their articles, the projection model, the optimizer, all of it free for three days. So what's Brian's that? back this week, too. Man, so I, we're I, happy I, to have I, him back It's been back like well. three weeks since he's been on the team, man. I love him. <laughs> yeah, he's back. He's birthday, back. But, man, we missed him. But thank you so much, Ghost. You can find me at Michael Rizil one Make sure to follow us at Wind Daily Sports. And we all, of course, hope you make it a very profitable evening. <laughs>